all right all right we are back turkey season is on its way it can't get here quick enough i'm ready for it to get here i know y'all are ready for it to get here everything's starting to bloom it's starting to get warm down here in georgia so it just needs to hurry up and be turkey season but while we're waiting on turkey season to get here we got shane simpson on the podcast with us tonight and we talk about the nwtf convention we talk about his website calling all turkeys we hit on hunting difficulty of different subspecies i guess you could say we talk about what to do when turkeys ain't gobbling and we also touch a little on public land birds that do gobble so this is a really good one folks y'all tune in kick back chill and let's enjoy this episode I'm your host, Ryan Greathouse, and this is the Strut South Podcast. All right, everybody, we're back with episode number 27. We got Shane Simpson on the phone or the anchor app with us, should I, I should say, actually. Um, what's up, Shane? Hey Ryan, how's it going? Man, it's going good. It's going good. I'm just itching for turkey season to get here. It's <laughs> you, you and me, man. <laughs> that's all I see on my Facebook, which I have no problem with. Everything, every post I see on my Facebook's turkeys, and every day, well, down here anyway. I know up there with you, I know it's not, but down here it's. Oh, it doesn't. It doesn't look yeah. anything like turkey season. It's, it's, <laughs> it's getting warm down here, and the sun's coming out. And the grass is starting to grow back, and flowers are blooming. And I was gonna say, are you seeing any daffodils blooming? Yet? No, um, um actually, those are usually the first things I see pop up on those road banks. Actually, yeah. I mean, I, no, actually, yeah. I've got several popping up in my yard. The one thing I wait for, the one... Is it still daylight down there? No, it's dark here. Okay. Yeah. You're what, hour, two hours behind? I'm an hour behind, but um, farther north, and uh, it's dark here. Yeah. Also. It, but it's... Uh, anyway, we won't talk about uh, time... time uh, Whatever you call it, <laughs> time zone. <laughs> um, that's irrelevant. Let's talk about that's turkey. right. But yeah, that, I was gonna say that's what I. The one thing I look for, and it's just, I don't know if it's true or not. Which, in my opinion, sometimes it is. But it's kind of like one of those old old wives' tales, you know, where the cows is laying down, the fish are biting, or for standing up, the fish are biting, or whatever. But I've always heard, you know, if, if the dogwood trees are blooming, then turkeys are gobbling. But I don't know. Yeah, I can't say I've heard that. I've, I've, I guess I've seen. Who is it that used to say if the the oak leaves is it? Uh, what's his name? Um, Tom Kelly. So the the oak leaves are the size of squirrel ears, and the turkeys are gobbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard that. I, but I don't know how true that is. I, I hear them gobble year round. Yep, yep. <laughs> well, I know. Anybody out there that's listening, they probably just got back from 
the NWTF convention. I know we did, and you were there. I went. It's been what a week, week and a half now since we got back. Um, yeah, and that, I got to tell you that it flew by that week down there. Usually, uh, it seems like it. You know, seems like we're there for a little bit, but this one here it seemed like I pulled up and went into our room, and then turned around, and we were leaving again. I was like, man, that was the quickest week at Nashville that I've ever experienced. Yeah. I think. Um, I know this year they broke a record again um, for attendance, um, and I kept I, I kept would. telling I kept telling my buddies we were all up there, and I kept saying I was because when we went up, we got there on Friday, and last yeah. year we did the same thing. We got there on Friday last year, and we were able to just blow through there. You know, it wasn't quite as packed, but this year on Friday. We saw it Friday, and I told them buddies, I was like, man, I was like, there ain't no way that they're not going to have more people there this year. I mean, there's a lot of people. Yeah, they, I think they, they broke the record like three or four years straight yeah. now. And um, and I, I was telling somebody, I said, I believe they're going to break it again this year. And that's, and that was because the rooms at Opryland had built up. That, that hotel sold out months and many months yeah. ago. You last year you were able to get a room, you know, in December maybe. There might be a room or two left. This year it was booked up in like I don't know October, November. Yeah. I mean, it was people. I guess everybody that missed out last year said, you know what, I'm not doing it this year. I'm yeah. booking early. Well, I will say, if you're gonna stay at Opryland this uh, next year, you better go ahead and book yeah. now. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think they let you book. I think you have to book like six well, months. It's like six months at a minimum or something like that. Yeah, I, was, I was kidding. But, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, yeah, I wish I could. If, if I could, I'd go ahead and book now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if anybody out there had never been to the to the convention, man, it's it's it's, it's something to see. Definitely. Yeah. And and you get to <laughs> unlike other sports shows and stuff, where you only get to see you know. Some of your you know, hunting celebrities or people that you maybe follow or whatever that you'd like to shake their hand. The other shows you only see them in their booths or whatever. If you're at Opryland and walking around, just not on the exhibit hall, you can go walk to the contest room, the governor's room, and Ryman Hall, and all these other places, and or through the restaurants. You'll see these people like Michael Waddell and the Drury's, and and you know some of these other big names, the Will Primos and Cus Strickland. Um, Toxie Hayes, you know, you see all these guys, and, and you can stop and shake their hand, and if they, if a lot of times they're in a good mood, they uh, uh, usually they're in a good mood with us sitting there and chat with you for a few seconds. Oh, yeah, in a yeah I remember. Somewhere. I remember. I think it was the last night we were there, and um, we we were eating uh, right across the street at uh, Caney Fork, and uh, yep, man, that's yep. an awesome restaurant. But uh, oh yeah, it, I love we, it. There. Uh, we went in there and we're eating and Cus Strickland was sitting there and we're like, man, that's Cus Strickland. And my buddy, he was, he, he happened to walk by him and they, they stood there and talked for a good two or three minutes. And, uh, it's just a blast. Oh well, yeah. But, uh, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll get into talking some Turkey and, uh, but first, before we get into that, we'll, we're going to do a little thing that I call rapid fire Q and a, I think that's what we're going to title it. Right. Um, 
Right, right out of the gate, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right out of the gate. <laughs> um, all right. Here we go. Favorite genre of music? <laughs> I, I guess I don't have a favorite. Uh, people are going to hate me. I, I guess country, well, rap would be my least favorite. But country's kind of on the bottom. I, I like uh, more of an alternative rock. I like classic rock. I like, I don't know. I like a little bit of everything. Okay. Even some of the. Uh, okay, I'll just leave it at that. That's enough rap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of that. Uh, enough of that one. Uh, coffee in the morning. I uh, do not drink coffee. I love the smell of fresh ground coffee beans. I hate the taste of coffee. Hmm. Okay. I drink Mountain Dew. All right. All right. Um. That's a why you see a Mountain Dew bottle in my hand all the time. <laughs> biscuit? Wait, actually, let, just, let me pause. Let me pause the the rapid fire right quick. Because okay. I, I asked this same one to Dave last week in the podcast, and for anybody out there listening, when I say biscuit, I don't mean necessarily a biscuit. Biscuit is kind of a broad term. It can mean breakfast in general. But with that said. Like is it is it important to get a biscuit when you're hunting in the mornings? I don't eat breakfast typically, um, <laughs> but I used to. I used to when I was living in South Carolina, we would hunt in the morning. The first thing we do after we got done was run to McDonald's and get us a sausage biscuit. And 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 I forgot how we called it. We say it funny to the, the drive-through person. A biscuit. <laughs> we just say it. Sometimes. I like to get three sausage biscuits. <laughs> All right. So that was our thing. But I haven't eaten breakfast uh, in a long time. Maybe some raisin bran here or there. <laughs> that's all right. And I know several people that don't eat breakfast in the mornings. And I think that's kind of I just, weird, I'm just not when I first I have no appetite when I first get up. Yeah. 10, 9 or 10 o'clock. 9 or 10 o'clock, I start getting hungry. Yeah, yeah. I usually wait till lunch. I'm gonna ruin my life. Right. Anyway. Right. All right. Uh, decoy or no decoy? Uh, situation dependent. Uh, I use decoys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, favorite snack in the woods? I don't carry snacks. Okay. <laughs> I got enough stuff to carry. <laughs> All right. And this one, I carry a mountain. Is the mountain do a snack? <laughs> it can be. Yeah. <laughs> Is it all right, this one's kind of this one's like extremely random. I don't even know where my head was when I was thinking of this one. Um, but have you ever eaten a pineapple sandwich? Oh yes, I love them. Okay, pineapple with Duke's mayo. That's right. And banana sandwich with mayo. Yeah, yeah. Or that was my dad's favorite. Or my dad's favorite banana with peanut butter. I've tried that. I, I, it's, it's good, but um, I got to say banana and mayonnaise sandwich, or a, a banana sandwich. Mayonnaise yeah. is obviously on a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, unless you're some weird. Something about a pineapple with some mayo on it. I don't know what it is, but it's oh yeah. God, I, my dad used to get the um, the can with the sliced pineapples but my grandmother used to grow pineapples she was like the first person to ever grow a pineapple 
in South Carolina and actually harvest fruit off of it. She was all in the newspaper and stuff. But, um, yeah, we'd get fresh pineapples sometimes or can and make pineapple sandwiches. That, was, so that, was, that brings back memories. Awesome. Well, I guess that was semi-rapid fire, we'll call it. <laughs> uh, all right. We'll go ahead and get right into this. Let's see. So, we got this turkey season coming up. And I know I'm excited. Um, huh. We got, I don't know, right at another month before it opens here in Georgia. And you're up there in Minnesota. Um, which yeah. you're going to be traveling, I'm sure. So, what is... Yeah, I, ain't got, I ain't got time to wait for Minnesota. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'd be, yeah, that'd be way too long. So... What's kind of your What's kind of your season plan? I guess um, we're gonna kick it off in Florida. Um, actually, taking the family down this year. Gonna go see a couple of the theme parks. I'm a I'm gonna kind of just be there <laughs> um, for support. <laughs> I walk around if they want to ride some rides. I'm gonna try and steer clear of rides. I don't, I'm not too fond of those roller coasters. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we're going to kick off the season. If I get down there early enough and I can slip away, the south zone will already be in season when we get there. Uh, I may We're going to be close to the south zone line. Or, or, yeah, we won't be far from it. I may slip across the south zone, into the south zone, and hunt that Friday the 15th. Otherwise, we'll kick it off the 16th and hunt in Florida for uh, four or five days. Anyway, from there, I'm hunting Nebraska. Um, then I'm hunting Mississippi, Tennessee. Let's see, where else am I going? Um, Iowa, Minnesota. I drew a, a season one tag in Minnesota, so mid-April I'll get to hunt in Minnesota. For, that'll be the earliest I've ever actually hunted myself, where I had a tag to kill a bird. Um South Dakota and then Wisconsin. Wisconsin will wrap up the season. I'll hunt it most of May. And that's that's about it. About eight states there. Awesome. So no uh no Alabama this year, huh? Yeah, I thought about it. That one last year that I missed kind of got under my skin. Um, <laughs> I wanted to have an, I wanted an Alabama bird under my belt. I took a shot at one. I mean, I guess that kind of counts. He was twenty five yards away. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I was successful in getting one in the gun range. It's just I failed to to aim properly. I mean, you can see in the video I shot high. And then also he stepped, as he was walking away, he went his head went right behind a small tree right when I shot. It's amazing how those trees just become invisible when you're trying to kill a bird. Yeah. And the, and the, and the timing's <laughs> perfect. They always step. So I blew the tree apart and, and shot a little high. <laughs> I, if the tree hadn't been there... Who knows? Another a pellet or two may have caught him, but uh, he he ran off. He looked unscathed. I hope he survived. I hope no stray pellets hit him. And I was tempted to stop in Florida. If my family wasn't with me going to Florida, um, I'd probably on the drive back. I'd swing in there and, and hunt at least one morning. Yeah. And go to the same spot. He he may not even be there, but I just you know just for myself. Right. No Alabama this year. Hmm. All right. It wasn't even supposed to be a. Uh, it wasn't even supposed to be a Mississippi or Tennessee. I was going to keep it um, local this year because of changing the format of my show a little bit. And um, 
So uh, things changed, though. Mississippi hunt came into view, and I was like, you know what? I, sh- I should get down there. It's been years since I've been to Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've uh, – so you got this website, Calling All Turkeys. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of explain kind of how that came about. Like, how did you get that started? Yeah, it was never supposed to get to this point, but it kind of just snowballed or evolved into it. So I moved up here 11 years ago to Minnesota, coming from South Carolina where we had a season that was a month long. Uh, you, you got five turkey tags. You could shoot two birds a day if you wanted to to fill those five tags. And then I moved to Minnesota, and, and you could their season was a, about a month and a half long but it was split into like seven week long seasons. And as a hunter, you only got to hunt one of them and you had to apply for a lottery and draw which season you got the A, B, C, D, E, or F or whatever it was. Hmm. And you only got one tag. If you hunted those five or seven days of your season, you didn't kill anything. You were out of luck. That's it. Your season's over. And it, I guess it was to, to kind of disperse the population of hunters to, to ease the pressure. Uh, immediately I was like, this ain't going to cut it. The Shane, Shane is not going to go from hunting 30 straight days and five birds to hunting seven days and one bird. Mm. So I started looking for some folks on forums and whatnot to let me tag along the video. I was like, I'm, I'm an okay caller. I said, but I said, but I don't need to call. I just want to be out in the woods. I want to hear him gobble. I'd like to see one get shot. You know, I'd video it for you. And so some people started letting me tag along with them and videoing their hunts. The obvious question was, where do we watch these hunts? And so I can put them on a DVD or CD for a data DVD or whatever and send them to you. And then I was like, you know what? It'd be easier to just put it on YouTube. And you, you and your whole family can share the YouTube links and you can watch it that way. So I started putting them on my YouTube channel. And um, next thing I know, um, it just kind of snowballed. I started picking up sponsors to help cover the travel expenses. You know, went after a few sponsors to help with product or or monetary support. And I don't know, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. And and I enjoy it. I enjoyed it and I still enjoy it. It gets to be somewhat of a it's work sometimes, just put it that way. It, I mean, you you it takes a physical toll on me sometimes. But I, you know, I kind of made improvements to how I was videoing. I added second angle cameras to. Because before I was narrating the show after the fact, and I hated doing that, standing in front of a camera, uh, just a stationary camera, and trying to to get the emotion of the hunt. And and I, I'm not that type of person. It was just difficult for me to do. Right. I'm much more I'm much more natural if somebody was holding a camera, or if I was talking while I was hunting. So I was like, I got to add some GoPros or something, and and start talking to a camera as we're hunting, and explain what's going on, and then I don't have to do all this narration after the fact so that's kind of where it's evolved to now and I, I don't know most people might say i've gone overboard i've got i run four cameras when i'm hunting and uh, a shotgun mic and two lav mics and that's a lot of data i can i think i i fill up about i don't know <laughs> i can i can fill up a terabyte hard drive and just uh two or three hunts or states yeah. of hunting. Yeah. I go, I think I, I think I use about three, three to four terabytes per season. 
And I imagine mm. I'm going to blow right past that this year because I upgrade all my second angle cameras and they're higher quality, higher resolution. They, re- they take, they use more data or they, their files are bigger. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's kind of how I got to where it's at. I mean, without getting into a whole bunch of specific details, that's kind of the gist of it. Huh. It's kind of cool. It actually kind of just started from, you just wanted to go and, yeah, I just wanted to be in the woods for more. other people, <laughs> basically. That's pretty cool. All right. Um, so you hunt all of these different states, or you you have hunted? I don't know how many states have you hunted. Have you hunted all fifty states, or? Oh no, 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 no. I'm a long ways from. <clears throat> I don't know. I I haven't hunted. I've hunted a corridor. If you if I was to the shade in a state for everyone that I've. Now you're saying hunt or filmed? I've I've filmed in some states that I haven't actually hunted. I've filmed turkey hunting. And if you were to shade in, if you were to shade in every state that I visited and and either had a license for or just filming someone else turkey hunt, it would be a a wide corridor from say Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, going up to Minnesota and uh, the Dakotas. It's kind of that corridor. You know, Iowa, uh, Iowa, Illinois, uh, Missouri now, Oklahoma. Um, Tennessee, the care, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, Florida, Illinois, Wisconsin, and then way out there by itself is New York State over there. <laughs> All nothing around it I've hunted. <laughs> so I, I need to get I need to get over there to the Northeast more. Just, I don't know. I get I've gotten kind of locked into my um, comfort areas. I guess like South Dakota, I, I have a spot over there I like to hunt and. I just you have these areas that you love being I love going out there and like last year it was like an hour long hunt I wish I'd been out there longer but I, I kind of sat on that little ridge after I killed that bird and kind of soaked it in for a few hours uh, enjoyed the sunlight and everything those are my kind of get to my to be by myself and just enjoy the spring type of hunt so I always have to go out there I'm not hunting with anyone out there I always just go out there and, and just enjoy that hunt yeah. So I have a few of those where I just like to go. Uh, Minnesota, I, the Minnesota, the last week of the season, I go down to Whitewater WMA, and I don't care if I kill one, but um, that's a hunt where I, I, I usually ditch the camera equipment, um, except for putting a little action camera on my head, and I just get in there with a shotgun and a mouth call and, and get back to basics and, and just enjoy the hunt. Usually everyone's gone anyway. They're, they're off fishing. The bugs are out though, and the vegetation. <laughs> yeah, but the birds, the birds are gobbling, and um, and I've been successful the last couple of years doing that and, and getting nice birds. I killed um, last year's bird was kind of weird. It was missing a spur on one side, and had a nub on the other. But the year before that was a, a big old. He's number three bird in the state. Four beards, you know, old bird. It looked like had inch and quarter or something spurs. Hmm. Yeah, but anyway, that's. That's kind of the hunts. I just kind of go off on my own. That's that's, that's kind of why I've stuck to those areas I hunt every year because they're they're comfort hunts. I got you. Um, but I do need to I do need to get out and spread out a little bit and hit the northeast, Pennsylvania, Ohio, um, Maine, Vermont, those types of states. Yeah. And every the problem is every year someone wants me to come come here. I can't go but so many places each year. I wish I could go to all fifty every year. <laughs> Yeah, me and I think I yeah, <laughs> I think everybody would. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I'm going to ask this question, even though 
I don't necessarily like this question because I kind of think it's Who one of those. With I did. <laughs> <laughs> I just <laughs> the only reason I want to ask it because you hear it all the time, and you you hear it get asked to people that have hunted all across the country and hunted all the different spe- subspecies. But I'm going to kind of, I got it wrote down here, what's the most difficult subspecies to hunt. But I think I'm going to put a twist on it and say, based on the, I guess, landscape, area, or whatever. Because I don't Yeah, there's a lot of, air, there's a lot of variables yeah. to go into. Because as far as the bird, bird itself, that can be one thing. But right. Depending on where they live, can be another. The one thing that the reason I don't like it is because to me, any turkey can be hard to kill, whether it's a Rio or an Eastern or whatever. Um, I don't know. Uh, but based on where you've hunted, what it, what's the most difficult hunting? Not necessarily subspecies, but the most difficult hunting in general. Mm. It's it's got to be it's got to be uh, an eastern because I've I've hunted it in several locations where it's tough. South Carolina public land and Mississippi public land. Um, Alabama, I wasn't there, but two and a half days. Um, I didn't feel a whole lot of pressure there. I saw trucks parked and everything, but I I don't think it was much as much pressure. Um, like Mississippi, we heard a couple gobble, um, and we and that was years ago though. That was two thousand nine or ten and twelve or something. But in South Carolina, man, I then again, there's been that place in South Carolina hunting, and the birds act like like they're dumb. I mean, they were easy to to mess with. So I mean, it's it's all about where you're at. I mean, yeah. the bird you're working. Terrain wise. Um, I don't know. The Black Hills is kind of rugged. I imagine any of the, the mountain hunting out out in the east, you know, the Appalachians can be, as far as terrain-wise, can be tough on anybody. Um, but then again, that terrain can help you move around when, on a bird um, using yeah. those hills to your advantage. I do the same thing at Whitewater in, in southeast Minnesota. They, they're not mountains, but my gosh, they're, um, they're, the next, they're the next thing to a mountain. They're, they're steep and some of them you can't even get up because the, the little uh, sticks and stuff that fall off the trees are like marbles and, and rolling pins under your feet. You can't even get a foothold. You go sliding down the hill. Um, yeah, uh, Florida, Osceola's, um, the bird themselves didn't act too tough. Um, the, the biggest thing down there is, is interference from other hunters and 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 or water trying to get to find the birds or whatnot yeah it's you probably it, and, and it, it probably makes sense in my opinion i've never hunted osceolas but that would be the toughest one to get on i would assume probably not to hunt maybe or whatever but just because yeah, if you can find one you can find one way back where no one else is at then you're in good shape yeah because I mean, that's but the only place you—that's the only place you got to go to find them. So, yeah, and then and you got to navigate around the water and gators and everything else. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
I guess in a, in a nutshell, the toughest bird to kill is a high pressured, um, and not necessarily high pressured. I'd say a high pressured public track where there's a lot of hunters and potential for interference. Yeah, um, the birds themselves. I think if you can get, you know, within their bubble, you know, less than a hundred yards from them and without disturbance from other hunters, then then you got a shot at them. Yeah, my my biggest. My biggest issue is other hunters. When I find places where I don't have a lot of competition for other hunters, the hunting's not that hard. So I mean, that's it. Doesn't matter which subspecies you get yes. enough pressure, they they will they will act silly. Yeah, I like that answer because I think I think that that's what you have to factor in the most because you can't. Because in in my opinion, it wouldn't matter if it's an Eastern or if it's a Miriam. If he's been, if both of them had, have been pressured equally the same amount, then they're both going to be equally hard to kill, in my opinion. Yeah. I, th- I think there is a slight advantage out, say, in Miriam territory. And that, and I don't think it would, that it's the subspecies. If you dumped a bunch of Easterns out there, the fact that there's rolling hills and stuff and you're able to maneuver, I could sneak up on birds much easier out there because the terrain's wide open where you can glass them from a distance. And then the terrain has enough rolls and breaks and stuff in it that you can say, okay, I need to go down that draw and pop up over there and I can get in front of him and I can pop over that hill and shoot him. You know, and, and it, and it doesn't matter how smart the bird is. He cannot reason that, that I might do that. So in that respect, the terrain out there makes it a little easier as far as killing those birds. Um, calling them, you know, I, I, it, some days they, they're uncallable and some days they just run in. Same with the Easterns. And I think with, um, with pressure, that, that can apply to private or public. I've, I've been on a hunting lease where there was a lot of people hunting and, and it was, it was worse sometimes than the public I've hunted. Yeah. I'm, same here. I've done the same thing. I mean, I, and, and even, even on pieces that, that have been pressured a lot. Sometimes you still get on a bird and he's, he's just, he's ready to work, you know, regardless of the pressure. Um, I know I've hunted, I've hunted some pieces of private, no pressure at all. And for some reason, turkeys just act like they're pressured. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then sometimes I've hunted on public where I know there's pressure and, I know some guy just got done hunting that bird, and then I go in there and get right on top of him, you know, so. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and that kind of rolls right into this next question I had. And I think it, I think most of the time people generally want to say Eastern and Osceola are the hardest to hunt, but I think that's because most of the time i think they're the ones that gobble less than which i've never hunted rios or miriams but from what i've heard is they generally gobble right. a lot less and uh yeah, miriams and rios and western birds they love to gobble yeah they uh <clears throat> they love to they love to talk the species themselves love to talk and they like they're big flock birds yeah. Whereas um, I had a conversation with someone in Nashville at the convention 
we were talking about how much uh, how much uh, less or how less which, how shall I word this the frequency of gobbling among easterns or, or turkeys in general has decreased over the years and I posed the question are we breeding the gobble out of the turkeys you know the, the one that loves to gobble and you're able even if he doesn't come into your call and you're able to pinpoint him and kill him predators like coyotes and stuff are too the bird that sits there quietly and survives, he goes on to breed, and he passes that non-goblin gene, if there is such a thing, <laughs> you know? Or are they just getting smarter? They learn that, hey, I keep my mouth shut. Bad people and bad animals don't show up to try to eat me. Yeah. Well, actually, I was, and I wasn't even going to, I wasn't even going to talk nothing about this, but it just, I just, it just dawned on me. Um, I did a podcast with Ricky Joe Bishop a couple podcasts mm-hmm. back and he said that um what he thinks is when when that turkey is when he's in which we all know when them turkeys when they got their hands with them they got no reason to gobble anyway yeah. so yeah. and and he said when when they're when they got their hands with them that goblin actually turns into the the spitting and drumming and uh he said and that's what he was saying yeah he he said he really believes that um spitting and drumming takes over and they use that instead of gobbling he said because them turkeys they can hear they can hear that spitting and drumming way better than we can yeah it's just like grouse up here in uh in the midwest or wherever else they live they you ever heard of grouse like a um yeah yeah a rough grouse it sounds like drumming but it's short when it's like a, it's beating on a drum and that carries a long ways i've heard those grouse doing that and thought they were like you know within 40 yards or less and i'm looking for them looking for them and then and as i ease onto the woods i end up covering a lot of ground before i even get close to them it, it sounds you know they're so far away and it sounds close so yeah. i imagine you know, drumming. I don't think it's the spit. I think it's the drum. Right. right. It's that low it's that that ears. frequency. It's that low yeah. frequency. And their ears are probably, Yep. That ear is tuned to it. And, that, and I, I'm wondering. I, I'm getting off subject here. I'll let you continue. I was about to go on some other tangent. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just just gonna say about the drumming. You know, they're doing it the whole time while the hens are pecking around, feeding in front of them. They're following their drumming. And I'm sure that has something to do with breeding that, that finally entices that hand to squat to allow him to breed. Well, man, I tell you, we <laughs> we could open up a whole nother can of worms here. Where I'm gonna, I mean, I'm going to say it anyway, but um, it, it kind of opened up a can of worms that we weren't expecting. Um, and see, I think a lot of times – Turkeys are are a lot more a lot relatable to deer. Um, I did a podcast with Bronson Strickland at Mississippi State University, and they did a thing where they did a study where do the does actually get to choose what buck breeds them? And um, I think that has a lot to do determining i think turkeys are the same way well anyway i'm sorry the they found out the answer was that yes a doe 
not not a hundred percent of the time, but more times than not, the doe actually does choose the buck. And um, well, if you're talking if you're talking turkeys, I know for a fact they they <coughs> pick which gobbler they want. They right. have a preference. I've seen them. I've seen them ignore in a flock ignore one gobbler and will not let him get close but then go to the other gobbler and let him right her right and then a different hand we go to the other and so i've seen that and i compare turkeys to chickens because <laughs> uh, i've raised them both and they have very similar habits and mannerisms and everything you know you could put a chicken a rooster in a gobbler's place he crows in the morning the turkey gobbles in the morning he gobbles, he follows the hens, he crows and follows the hens. You know, a lot of the things they do are similar. So if you've got backyard chickens, you can learn them a lot about oh, yeah. just by watching chickens. And I think, I think that, see, that's what I'm wondering. I'm wondering if it's the drumming that makes the hen, which of course, that's why turkeys strut. They, and they, they strut to show that they're bigger and they're, and that's what they did with the deer. They said that the doe actually chose based on rack size. So most of the time, the deer with the bigger rack was the one that got to breed the doe. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily because he beat up a buck. Right. But that buck was able to slip away, or that doe was able to slip away from that big buck. She liked that smaller buck. Or, not to say that. If she was able to slip away from the buck that beat up a bigger buck, she'd still go breathe with that big buck. Right. I think they did actually kind of factor that in because what they did, they took a younger deer versus an old deer and swapped. They basically, you know, that's what, yeah, that's what they did. They swapped their racks. And more times than not, the doe chose the deer or the buck with the bigger set of antlers. And, um, but I'm wondering if, the drumming has something to do with that too. Cause I don't, but I don't know. That's, it's interesting. Um, things we may never know. Right. Are cool. Cool to ponder. Yeah. Um, but what got us on that whole spiel, um, was the gobbling. Um, yeah, what were we talking about again? Now, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, so what, and I guess this would really, be more towards Easterns and Osceola's, but when them turkeys don't gobble, when they don't want to gobble, what what do you do? Go home, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I can only just walk so long, and and then I get frustrated or get tired. So when they're quiet, I usually walk. And I'll set up somewhere and blind call and then usually just go quiet and just sit there for a half hour or more. I might even take me a quick little cat nap. And then I'll get up and I'll move and I'll walk and call. And I get to another spot that I think's ideal and I'll sit there and, you know, hang out a little bit. I might call. I may just sit there. So I'm, I'm kind of, I get into turkey mode, I guess it is, of being a turkey. Turkeys meal through the woods. They scratch. They feed. Um, I go to areas I think they would probably go like a creek bottom transition lines from pines to hardwoods, you know, along those edges. They're a lot like deer, I think, because I've noticed that, especially like in the south, in pine plantations uh, or pine forests, you have these uh, 
ravines or runoffs that have oaks where they don't, I call it the watershed, where they can't cut the oaks down to plant pine. Right. And those birds, those birds tend to bounce back and forth right along that transition line between those pines and the, there's, you know, there's food in one and not so much in the other, but um, just like deer, deer like to work those transition areas, um, cover and food and whatnot. And so I may go find a place like that and just hang out and uh, call here and there. And, you know, there's not a whole lot you can do except for just become a turkey and go to places where turkeys would probably go. Yeah. When they're quiet, they're quiet. And it's frustrating. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you, that's, to me, I mean, most of the time they gobble in the morning. And, but, and that's when you're going to hear the most gobbling. But, um, in my opinion, especially, especially, and we ain't even got on that yet, but especially on public land, um, mm-hmm. in my opinion, you're getting ready to say something I agree with totally. I know what you're <laughs> about to say. Go ahead. Um, middle of the day is the best time to hear goblin on public land. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think they've, I think they've learned. Or something's happened, and they figured out that, hey, right, let's just chill out. We'll get active later in the morning. Yeah. And they don't get by hunters. And I've I, I had a bird on in, on Portland, South Carolina that did that something similar. It was usually about nine o'clock or so in the morning, you know, hours after daybreak, that he would just sound off on his own randomly. I could just sit there in the morning and wait. And then and a lot of times it was an owl who, uh, an owl that, a barred owl that would finally trigger it or he would just gobble on his own. And he was always in the same general area. And I tried to pinpoint that and be waiting on him, but I never could get in the area that he would be. He would be a hundred yards away the next day or something, but he had a pattern and he always waited until that gobble subsided. I mean, until the, the hunting pressure subsided in the mornings or, you know, got later in the morning and he would gobble. And I've noticed that on some other tracks, um, that I've hunted like whitewater, for instance, if you watch that video of me hunting there last year, I wasn't no big hurry. I was waiting for the sun to come out, you know, seven 30 in the morning. Um, the sun gets up, you know, nine or 10 o'clock in the morning. All of a sudden the birds will sound off. Sometimes I think it's just, they wake up, they preen a little bit. They, they can fly down, maybe get something to drink, start scratching the feed a little bit. And then all of a sudden, after they've done their thing, then they're, okay, let's find some hens. You know, let's find some uh, buddies, you know, gobble. Because, you know, the gobblers communicate each other with gobbling, too, to, to, to meet back right. up. That's their way of talking. So, yeah, sorry to take take that all away from you. But, oh, yeah, no. that's 100% accurate. But if you just – that's what I t- why I tell a lot of people, hunt from dawn to dusk. Hunt all day. Yeah. Don't leave to go get a biscuit. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I will. I will say this: in 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 my twenty some odd years, right at twenty years of of turkey hunting, um, which I'm thirty years old, so I've been hunting since I was like ten. Um, I think mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a biscuit is a lucky charm more times than not. <clears throat> um, I know there's been. Well, you got. Do what? Go ahead. I was, I was gonna say something that's in, not, not important. Uh, Go ahead. I, I know more times than not, 
when it gets, you know, nine o'clock, something like that, maybe even eight thirty, nine, somewhere ten, that mid to late morning, it's kind of then died down. Turkeys ain't really gobbling anymore. They're not talking. We usually always, all right, well, it's, it's, I guess it's time to go get a biscuit, you know. So we go get a biscuit, and we go straight back to the woods. And by then, by this time, it's about 11 o'clock, close to lunchtime. And it's like since you left and you've been away for a minute, they hadn't been hearing all that calling. And then all of a sudden you come back, mm-hmm. and it kind of – we actually – me and uh, – me and – Justin, uh guy, another Strut South member, he um we did that, I think it was two two years ago. We hunted a place we hunted one of his properties at daylight. We got on we heard like four or five birds. They were all grouped up and they gobbled their heads off on the roost and they flew down and what they do every almost all the time, fly down and they don't gobble anymore. And uh so we left to go get a biscuit and we come with we, we went back to across the road to his other property and he said he told me when we got there he said Man, you're making me hungry for a biscuit right now, you know that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong no, with a biscuit. The sausage biscuit with some mustard on it. <clears throat> oh yeah. Anyway. But we left and we got back and he said he said, I ain't got on a bird over here this year and it was probably or it was yeah, it was the first week of the season. He said, I ain't been seeing no turkeys on my camera over here. I ain't heard nothing yet this year over here. And as soon as we pull up, we we're standing in on the edge of the pasture, hit hit the I think he hits his his glass call or something and turkey gobbles and that joker runs right to us. And so it was at least that morning for sure it was a biscuit was the lucky charm. Yeah. I've always then I'm, it always bothers me to leave the woods and then come back later. Or not always, but it, it has in the last 15 years or more. Because I feel like when I'm in there already, I'm a part of the woods. I'm slipping through. I'm yeah. just, you know, Nobody knows I'm here. No, no birds. When I leave and go across the field or the logging road to get in my truck and then come back in, I don't know where anything's at. Right. And I feel like I'm potentially busting animals. They're seeing me. Whereas if I had I was already in the woods, slipping from tree to tree, just slowly moving and listening. That I was a part of that environment, and I think I disrupt that. That's why I, I hate leaving the area unless, unless it's a small track that I go in there and I set up, and nothing's happening. Then I just hop around from small track to small track. But those large tracks, I usually try to stay out there as long as I can until I kill something yeah. or, or until I'm just too tired. To, you know, I've, I, I'm, you know, a nap's your best friend. If you're tired and nothing's happening, especially on the warmer days when it gets later in the season up here and, and, and probably not that late in the season down there, sit down against a tree, make a few calls, and then take your nap. And a lot of times you'll wake up to a bird spitting and drumming or a twig snapping yeah. while you were napping. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ain't nothing like that. <clears throat> but, yeah, I, I do like to do that. I mean, and, and a lot of times I, I kind of do like – what you said i don't especially if i'm hunting public land i don't um and most of the time i don't even go at daylight like i won't even get there at daylight because i know they're just not going to gobble and 
I mean, and it's different. Like you, like there's some tracks that I hunt where I, I mean, I know I could go and I can I can hear some turkeys at daylight on the roost gobbling. But there's definitely there's this one place in particular. I've pro- I've hunted it for the past ten years, and I can count on both of my hands how many times I've heard a turkey gobble on the roost at that place. Um, but I don't know. I got I got to be there at daybreak. I don't yeah. care if they gobble. Or not. Well, I mean, I, I mean, most of the time I do. Sometimes I'll go to a private piece that I got close to the house, and then after I'm done there, then I'll go to the public. But yeah, I mean, I'm always I'm always in the woods somewhere at daylight. But yeah, I feel on those mornings I oversleep. It, it, it happens occasionally, not often. Yeah, I am so upset when I yeah because I just miss I just miss what I think is my favorite time of the day. Not just because you know you might hear a bird. I enjoy watching the day wake up. Right, unless it's a rainy day, then I don't care. I can sleep in a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's something about getting up and getting to watch everything come wake up in the morning before, because nothing knows you're there. So it's like you get to see it happen the way it's supposed to happen. Understood. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, Watching it without showing you there. Yeah, but I know I do that a lot, and 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 that's that's really when I hear the most is right there, about that eleven o'clock. About that, and and a lot of times if I if I get there. Like I'll get preoccupied with something else or somewhere else, and I'll have it in my mind that I've got to be at this place. I got to be there by eleven o'clock, or you know, something like that. And if I get there late, then I'm upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so where are you where are you hunting this spring? Just Georgia? Yeah, I will. No, well, I'll be I'll be hunting just Georgia. Um, Unless somebody invites me to go somewhere else, I don't. I've never. I don't. No, I've. Why don't you go to Florida? You're right. Yeah, you're right there. I know. I need to. I'm, and I'm planning that. Um, we kind of we kind of started thinking about it this year, but we started thinking about it a little bit too late. And we're gonna. But we're definitely. I think next year we're gonna make plans to uh, to go down there. You should head the big cypress. I, that's one place I want to get. Um, a do-over you know i went down there year before last and a film doug shoot his bird so i went down there and on my own and wa- ended up walking 16 miles the first day not intentionally i ended up walking eight miles back just kind of walking wasn't even paying attention next thing i know i'm eight miles back and i had to walk that eight miles back to my truck mm. and my body my hips and legs weren't able to weren't up to the task first day of the season or first hunt of the season basically and i wasn't in shape for it and oh god it, it hurt i couldn't even walk the next day and um, <laughs> but I, I found birds and i found sign and i was like i need to get back down there i want to kill a bird on this place so, yeah i'm definitely yeah. i'm definitely going to try to get down there i i, I do want to kill me an osceola I think out of all of the subspecies, that's probably the one I want to go after first. I mean, because I can. Yeah, I can. Go ahead. I was gonna say because I mean I can, I can kill easterns all day long. I mean because they're everywhere. Yeah, I I don't really care what 
the subspecies. I've never been a slam person or subspecies person. I like I just like hunting turkeys. Yeah, <laughs> and I got a I got a Florida each year because it starts early, and and it's fun down there. The weather's nice. Doug and I've been hunting the last couple of years together. He's a a cool cat to hang out with. Um, yeah, that's that's good. I, I guess it wouldn't matter if, if that season opened if it was Nebraska and it was warm, and you know that might be where I go. Um, but Florida's a nice reprieve from this Minnesota winter. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, I had I had all kind of stuff. Actually, everything I had jotted down here, we've already we've went through all of it. And I had something else I was going to say, but I forgot what it was. Um, See you, folks, next time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What I mean, you hear you hear that you hear my laugh. You ever, you watch the sh- the video with me and Doug doing the up the the um, pro staff laugh? <laughs> oh yeah, that that kind of came from my normal laugh. I get that <laughs> <laughs> laugh sometimes when I'm being when I'm being silly. <laughs> and we I forget what we were talking about, and I started laughing. And I kind of got into that <laughs> like that, and he's like, we were like, that's the pro staff laugh. I was like, yeah, we got to do that. <laughs> That's good. So then he did that little scene. Yeah, he did that little scene. His gun fell. He's like, oh, the gun about hit me in the face because I was doing the pro staff laugh. And then when he shot that turkey, I was like, we started laughing. I was like, oh, we forgot the, we forgot the laugh. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody's watching that video and wants to know what that's all about, that's that's how it came out. We were just being silly, and, and I, my real laugh kind of came out. Yeah, that's pretty when good. When I'm a real man. Yeah, I never, I never knew that. Uh, I never knew that that's what that was. Um, well, <clears throat> I mean, I don't know, Shane. Doug's on the, I guess, the calling all turkeys first. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he says missing all turkeys because I miss so many. So you, whatever it is, it's, it's that's the pro staff laugh. Are y'all gonna Are y'all gonna hunt down there this year? Uh, yeah, um, I'm taking my daughter with me. And she's gonna try and kill one, but I'm hunting with Doug also. All right. Well, Doug's uh, Doug's gonna be up the bat first. Um, Brooke will be doing the Disney Park resorts and stuff and all that crap, and, and then she's gonna get into the turkey stuff. Well, I tell you, I, I'm so, uh, I'm kind of uh, anticipating something to. Uh, no, I'm gonna make sure he doesn't do anything silly this year. <laughs> I'm anticipating something. I can't wait to see what happens because the last two years something has happened <laughs> that yeah. was that was quite yeah. uh, comical. <laughs> I, I just can't see it. now. Nothing's intentional, so I just can't right. see that it happened in three years, three years in a row. <laughs> and and I'm, I, I can promise you, I won't stage anything just to make something happen. It'll it'll just be me and day uh, me and Doug hunting is all it'll be. If something happens, it then then Doug's obviously one of these guys you see on TV. Like uh, what's his face? It just, just bad stuff happens to all the time. Yeah, you know, or funny. Stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he yeah, he's, he is enjoyable to hunt with. He's a funny guy. Um, but I guess yeah. If if he's listening to this, the only reason I'm coming down there is because of the warmer weather. <laughs> 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 yeah, there um, you got it there. Actually, actually, um, we can talk about one more thing, and I and y'all were in the uh, 
the contest as well. You and uh, several other of the hooks guys. Um, so how did y'all do in that? Well, um, did pretty good actually. Um, and I, I can't remember all the details. I know like Steve Morgenstern, gosh, he was in the, what did he place in friction? I forget where he, he ended up in friction. Was it, sorry, sorry, was it third? Maybe was it third? I think, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go back and look. Sorry, Steve. <laughs> um, we on the owl hooting. It opened up opened up the first day of competition Thursday morning. Um, uh, we had I tied for first place with Taylor Payton in the owl hooting, mm-hmm. and we had a call off. I I was hoping it was a call off at first. I wasn't sure, but then we got up there, and I'm like, what if? You know, what if? first grand national title what if that was the first and as they call up you know fourth runner up third runner up second runner up it gets to just me and caleb i'm like oh my gosh that was that was a call off for first place i could be a grand national champion and unfortunately i i lost in the call off by a point and a half but still it was that was pretty pretty exciting for me to be up there and uh certainly one one that i cherish um but we had three of the hooks guys up there um, you know, James Harrison and uh, myself and and Steve Morgenstern. And Steve Morgenstern was in the call off too in the Owl Hooting. Um, Cody was Harrison was also in the Owl Hooting, but he didn't uh, make the top five. But I'm pretty sure he was up there close to the top five. Yeah. Uh, my daughter competed in the Pults. She uh, finished fourth runner up. She placed and got a trophy. So she was real thrilled about that. And, um, gosh, I, I can't remember how everyone else did. I think that might have been how our week went as far as the hooks guys did because um, we, didn't, we didn't have as many callers up there as we have in the past. Some of them couldn't make it to Nashville this year. So we had a, a kind of a skeleton crew of callers down there. But we did pretty good. I think everyone got some type of hardware, um, um, I think. I'm not positive, but I – Maybe I, I can't remember if Cody did or not. Yeah, I, um, I remember. I'm just a team member, and I? I can't remember stuff. <laughs> I remember um, when when I was watching it. I was watching the uh, the owl hooting on Facebook Live, and uh, they um, when when they called both of the all up for the call off, I was like, I was like, they're definitely. I was like, both of them are definitely like top three that's what i was thinking and uh mm-hmm. and when both of y'all went i was like man like i don't like if i would have been a judge i'd have hated to have been a judge man because i could man it was like y'all both were like yeah it comes great. down at some point like i've listened to call off turkey calling call off a goblin call off you know you name it when it comes down to it, it comes down to preference because sometimes those guys sound both of them sound good. Mm-hmm. They just sound like two different turkeys, or they sound like two different owls, or two different gobblers. And it comes down to, I like that owl better than that owl. You know, maybe that's an owl that I've actually heard that other sound. Maybe I didn't, but it's real. You know, you never know what a judge is thinking. Right. And or it could have been just a little uh, mistake or something. The, to be honest, if you, I didn't like my first run that got me in the call off. I mean, I think I, it was good. I mean, 
obviously it was good enough to judge us like it. Um, but I liked I, – I listened to it, and I wasn't 100% pleased with it. And, you know, in the call-off, I think I called better. And that, obviously I got, I got higher scores on my call-off score. So I guess the judges liked it a little better too. So I guess my ear was hearing what they were hearing. Yeah, I'm not disappointed what's losing in the call off. I was just my goal when I go to Nashville and compete. If I can be in that top five, I'm happy. <laughs> That's all I need to be is a top five. I'm, I mean, of course, everyone wants to win. But it's it's tough just to get in that top yeah. five. I mean that's and this is this is my third one after going there for many years and coming home empty handed year after year after year after being told I'd go up there and compete and, and they're like, Oh, that sounded great. You gotta be in the top five. Yeah. And and I wouldn't. I'd middle of the field or something and and finally it's starting to click. I'm starting to get some trophies. Yeah. I mean once you I mean that's really all you can ask for and I mean, just about in any contest, whether it's Grand Nationals or not. I mean, because nowadays, nowadays there's so many good callers, and um, ain't that the truth? So, I mean, really, all you can ask for is just a place in that top five or that top three or whatever you know, which whatever they're placing. And because once it gets mm-hmm. once it gets to that top five, I mean, it's you're talking half point, point, point and a half difference between each caller. So. Yeah, so like Caleb beat me by a point and a half. I beat James Harrison by half a point in the in the top five, and I I think I I think I enjoyed that more than than actually winning if I'd won it. Um, probably not. But anyway, <laughs> I turned to James Harrison when we was up there. If you watch, go back and watch Lafayette. If it shows me turn to him and talk to him while we're standing getting our pictures, I said, man, I. I may have not won this thing, but I finally beat him. And at Grand Nationals and whatnot. And he's always, you know, beat me. And I'm like, man, I just want to beat the guy that created the call that I'm competing with. Yeah, I tell you what, man, he man, he makes a good out hooter. Um That is a fact. Oh man. man. We we uh Justin he uh Justin Addison was with us and we were walking by and he he had shoved me. He said, man, I got this. It was the the new one, the new, the orange or Osage, I think is what it's called. Is it the Osage signature yeah, one? Yeah, That's the one I read. Yeah, he had one, and that's what he had been talking about the whole time. He's like, that's that's what I'm getting. Like, that's the first place I'm going to as soon as we get there. And, uh, we, you know, we split off, and we went our own ways for, for a little while, and, Met back up. He's like, "Yeah, I got this out hooter." And I'm like, "Man, yeah, that's nice." So later on, we're walking around, and we just happened to go by the hooks booth. And he's like, "I wasn't even planning on buying one." <laughs> and he said, "He said, here's the hooks booth right here." I was like, "Oh man!" And as soon as as soon as I seen it, I was like, "Yep, I just got to go to the house with me." <laughs> You got a deal on it. My first one costs twice as much as what you paid for yours, <laughs> and um, and so I don't know. And and trust me, pro staff or not, I, we have to pay for those calls, like um, you know, the, the, his signature owl hooters and whatnot. Oh yeah, we don't get them. But I, I, it does help that you know I'm friends with them and I'm on the hooks crew because I can say, hey, pick me out a good one. Pick me the best. They all sound good. Yeah, sound great, but. I'll say, pick me one out. Sounds best to your ear. Yeah. And 
you certainly gave me a good one. I, I hunt with it and I compete with it. I'm, I, I love hunting with it because it sounds so good. It sounds so real. And, and I know there's a lot of people out there. I see them say it on Facebook all the time. You know, you don't need to sound like a real owl. You don't need to do this. You just need to make them gobble. And I'm all about realism. And there's a good reason for that. Because you may not care that you sound real. And you're just trying to get that turkey to gobble. But if you sound real, you can convince another owl that you're real. And they may respond to you. And I've had this actually work in my favor. And this is why I do it. I was out hooting, trying to get a bird to gobble, couldn't get one to gobble. And, I mean, the sun was up, and I hooted, and an owl responded to me. And that owl was probably 500 yards away, and I could just barely hear it. <laughs> and a turkey sounded off. That turkey was probably 100 yards from that owl or less. Yeah. He, wouldn't, he was too far away from me for my calling to make him gobble, to shot gobble, because it's so quiet to him. But it was realistic enough that it convinced that barred owl to respond. And that barred owl was close to that gobbler, and it triggered a shot gobble. So if you you want to go out there and just go, whoo, with your mouth, and it doesn't sound realistic, that's fine. But you're cutting yourself short, I think. You, I think you could probably elicit more gobbles if you sound like a real crow, yeah. sound like a real owl. I remember, I remember last year, which I don't even – I don't know if we'll even put any of this in in there which we might i might piece it together to where it sounds right but i remember it was last year two years ago something like that i had i i i got the one of the harrison hooters i had the the poly the poly one and uh it's um me and my buddy went to listen for turkeys one morning and i was hitting now hooter and we still hadn't heard no turkeys and we never heard turkey that morning but um, I ended up calling an owl up and, uh, we could hear him way down in the bottom. He's probably a couple hundred yards down in the bottom and he was hooting back at us. And, and then all of a sudden my buddy looks up, he's like, look, there he is right there. And he, he, he flew all the way across the path. We had the truck parked. We're, we're just standing, we're just standing beside the truck. And, uh. Yeah, there's like two or three little oak trees right right beside the truck, and we're out we're out in the wide open. And he's like, "There he is!" And he flies all the way across the pasture, and he lands in the tree right over top of the truck. And uh, he's looking at us, like looking down there at us. And I and I'd hoot, yep. I would hoot on the hooter, and he'd hoot back. <laughs> it was cool. We got we got footage of it somewhere. Yeah, I've had that happen so many times. Um, last was it last year? A year before last, or something like that. I I, I knew what this sound was, but I'd never heard one do it. It's an aggressive sound. A, a barred owl called in and landed in a limb about ten feet above me, and he started snapping his beak together. You ever heard him do that? Mm-mm. It sounds like it sounds like popping. Uh, he was pop 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 pop, and I knew that sound. I've never heard it myself out in the woods. He was pissed off. He was in an agitated mo- mood, and I was like, "This owl's getting ready to swoop down here and, and attack me." Hmm. And and that's exactly what it was. He was snapping his beak together, or his bill, or whatever you'd call it. And it, it, the he was doing it so hard. He, I mean, it was a loud pop, and it was pop, 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 pop. Hmm. And and I've got video of him doing it. And so you, you got the audio, and uh, 
So if no one believes me, <laughs> I can show them. But anyway, <laughs> um, I've had them follow me through the woods. I've had them, you know, and it's almost like it's, you make that owl hoot. They don't care you that you're a person. Um, they, they either think you're an owl or you're an, an, a person carrying an owl or mm-hmm. something. Because I've had them follow me through the woods and just keep from limb to limb as I walk. Yep. And keeping an owl, trying to figure out, okay, where's the owl I heard of? Right. Well, that's the thing, too. I don't think owls, like, they don't care. Like, because they're. Well, they don't get shot at. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> they have no hunting pressure, of course. Um, but they, but, like, they ain't scared, is what I mean. <laughs> yeah. They have no fear of yeah, man, per se. Definitely not. Uh, I definitely wouldn't want one to swoop down and jump on my head. Oh, yeah, you'd have some holes in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I guess, Shane, we can uh, go ahead and wrap this thing up. Um, you, uh, I guess, throw you some plugs out there. Let everybody know where they can uh, check out all your stuff. and let everybody Well, if you all want to do a big, a big favor, go to my YouTube channel. You can just type in Shane Simpson on YouTube, and you'll see it. My profile picture there is me with a, a deer dragon behind me with a life jacket on it. Anyway, subscribe to that channel and 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 that'll help me out. My show, I, that's where I'm moving all my turkey hunting content. Um, that's where it'll be this spring. It'll be a semi-live type format like always, but this year I'm trying to boost the post up instead of being like once a week. Um, it's it's going to be like every couple of days, hopefully. It's also where you can watch the Cali Chronicles if you like deer tracking with the dogs. I do that also. Um, and then again, you can find me at callingallturkeys.com. You can find me on Facebook, Shane Simpson, and or Calling All Turkeys on Facebook. You just, just search them up. You'll find them. If you don't, just, just ask Ryan. He'll tell you where to find it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, we'll tag you in the post. Everybody, if, if Y'all will be able to click on it. We're gonna we'll put the tag in there once we do the post on Facebook and all that all that good stuff. So, yeah. well, Shane, we sure appreciate you coming on here, man. It was good talking with you. I've enjoyed it, man. I'm sitting here making turkey calls while it's cold and snowy outside, and gets my mind off that miserable weather out there and thinking about spring. It'll be here before you and know I- it.